and welcome to Weird Mythic Podcast. Woohoo! It's me, Naomi, one of your hosts. And I'm, of course, joined with the amazing Serena. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's going. Um, oh, excuse me. I started to cough there for a second. Ah. <laughs> oh, coronavirus. No, no corona. It's gone. It's, oh, yeah. it's out. Not anymore. No more corona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going good. I'm, I swear I'm still recovering from my birthday weekend. Like, oh, yeah. How was that? It, I saw the pictures. Oh, it was, like, gosh. so much fun. It was a blast. We went to, for everyone to know, we went to Fort Bragg here in California, up on the North Coast, and I went with my very good friend, Christina. My brother came with his three kids, and we spent a few days up there, but, dude, it was freaking great. The weather was, like, perfect. It was sunshiny out with a little bit of a breeze, and we just went to every single beach we could go on. We climbed all the rocks. Got really, really nice. drunk all three nights. Like me, Christina, and Hunter just <laughs> drank. Like <laughs> good, able to have a beer on the beach. It was awesome. So it was, yeah, it was a great. I feel like you needed that. Yes. No, it was awesome. But I feel like sometimes my voice is going in and out from me. Like not only drinking, <laughs> but then we sang all night, talked all night, and yelling at my niece and nephew to get off the rocks so they don't fall. But. <laughs> right well happy birthday to you christina and my brother oh and your brother that's right you guys all had birth it was like literally i think you guys are all two days apart yeah you you said you and christina are two days apart right we're a day apart actually yeah oh day okay yeah Yeah. i think his is the 24th yours is the 26th sixth and then hers is the 27th nice yeah yeah well happy birthday to you guys a bunch of aries in your life girl (laughs) I know my my daughter's one yeah, too. I know. <laughs> Just a bunch of stubbornness yeah. and hard headedness going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it by now. <laughs> oh man. Well, how are you? How was your weekend? It was uneventful. So chill. Oh, we went to Houston. Oh, I told you last episode I mentioned we're gonna go to Hot mm-hmm. Pot. Yeah, right. We went. It was nice. Um it was very authentic okay that's awesome more authentic than i'm used to (laughs) it was good though but it just was like a really really far drive it was like an hour and a half yeah into houston so all right but i don't think it was worth the drive oh shit i was gonna say well if it was worth it then who cares (laughs) if it wasn't worth it then damn yeah it was good but it wasn't worth the drive for sure and you know me i will drive for food right because if it's gonna be good i want to have some good food (laughs) yeah but yeah it was it was a nice chill weekend good good so it's starting to warm up here uh it is here too so like i guess it's supposed to be in the 90s by the end of next week and i don't think i'm prepared i think i need to clean out my air conditioner (laughs) yeah do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man i'm gonna die this summer it's gonna be so hot i feel like it's Goodness. too early to be this hot <laughs> i see i feel like i'm used to it being hot this early now i feel like it's like getting late like it's already april right but yeah. this isn't a weather podcast no this is a paranormal podcast is it <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. What are we talking about today? So this is gonna be one of our cryptid episodes, but before we get into that, we do gotta mention where are we gonna be in August? We are gonna be at the True Crime Podcast Festival in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And 
you guys should come party with us. Yes, please come party with us. Let's talk about some creepy shit and have a drink or two. Let's do it. And meet everyone. Let's just meet a bunch of cool people. We'll go out to some fun places. I want to go dancing. We're going to go dancing. I'm going to make you go. (laughs) All right. We're going to go dancing, (laughs) apparently, guys. That is going to be fun. (laughs) Hell yes. Yeah, everybody, check out the True Crime Festival in Dallas at the end of August. We'll be there along with a few other paranormal podcasters. This is the first year they're doing it, so we're super excited to be involved. Yeah. It's the first mm-hmm. year they're opening it up to paranormal. So we are so happy to be included right. with all of the creepy shit that we like to <laughs> listen to and talk about. Today is no exception. Yes. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to be talking about a, a cryptid today. And he or, or it, it is known as the Van Meter Visitor or the Van Meter Monster. Um, have you ever heard of it? It sounds bougie. I have not heard of it before. <laughs> the Van Meter. It does sound like bougie, though. <laughs> well, okay. So, the, the Van Meter is a town in Iowa. That's why it's the Van Meter okay. Visitor. Um, or Monster, <laughs> depending on what sites you're looking at and which locals you're talking to, I'm sure. So, um, just get right into it, guys. So, the Van Meter Visitor. The first sighting of this creature was in 1903 so we're going way back and it was always described as a half human half animal type of giant bat thing and it does fly it flies very fast according to sightings um it also has a like so it's humanoid humanoid right so i'm kind of picturing like a some sort of human body, but also has wings attached to its arms, okay? But it also has a beak and a horn coming out of the top of its head that that shines a bright light whenever it wants to. So, what? I know, right? It kind of it reminded me, me of the Thunderbird, like its cousin or <laughs> I was, something. <laughs> I was going to say it reminds me of that, what's that fish, the anglerfish or something? With, like, oh, the, the pilot fish, yeah. The light. It might be yeah. an anglerfish, I'm not sure. But yeah, the little light thing that know. hangs off of it, you know, and finding yeah. Nemo, that scene. <laughs> Is it an angler? It's going to bother me now. Someone let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> please, someone please correct us. <laughs> So, yeah, it has a horn that shoots blinding light at people. It's known to be, like, way, way tall. Like, I think one of the sightings was, like, eight feet, but I also saw somewhere that it's, like, between six and seven feet. So it's really freaking tall. And at one point, um, I'll I'll get into the story, but not only is it this weird half-human, half-giant bat thing that flies and shoots um, light out of its horn on its face... But apparently, when it opens up its its wings and arms, a horrible stench is all of a sudden, like, emitting from this creature. So. Ew. I know, right? It's very, very odd. I feel like there's a whole hodgepodge of things going on with the Van Meter visitor. So, hmm. in 1903, that was the first time it was spotted. And it was spotted in the span of, like, a whole week. And... All of the sighty or all of the sources that I kept seeing was those who saw it were quote unquote respected members of the community. <laughs> I just can't get okay. over that. So in 1903, 
The first sighting was when this guy, Mr. Griffin, I'm sure I have his first name. Oh, his first name is UG, just U and G. So UG Griffin, he was the town doctor, but he also was a bank cashier. So just a little overview of Mr. Griffin over here. So one night he was walking home and I I can't remember why he was walking home so late, but there was like some sort of business going on. So he's coming home late doesn't have a car. He's walking through the little town of Van Meter. And he notices that there's like this really bright lantern that's on top of the bank. And he thought that was weird because it's like 12 at night, 1 a.m. And what he was concerned with was not only is that a bank that he works at, but is somebody trying to break into the bank. So he goes, yeah, so he goes over to the building and he pretty much yells at the top of the bank like, Probably something along the lines of who the hell's up on top of the bank get down. And as soon as he said something, he watched the light totally jump to the next building. So he was like, what the hell? How did that happen? So he gets a little closer and it jumps to another building. And that's pretty much it. He just kept seeing it hop from building to building and then it just took off flying up. Um... And then the next that's night, really creepy. That's very strange. At like one in the morning, and he didn't he didn't see like the full creature. It was mainly the light. He could see that it flew away and that it was large. So mm-hmm. the next night, uh, the doc, another doctor, or no, this is yeah, going to be another doctor, I think. Anyways, this guy, Doctor Alcott, I have written down. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He was oh, uh, he was trying to sleep one night, and he uh, was sleeping in the building that he worked at. And in the middle of the night, he heard a strange noise. So, like anybody else in 1903, he grabbed his shotgun and went downstairs to investigate. And as he went downstairs, he noticed a light, like, beaming into the building. And he thought that was very strange. So he gets a little closer, and um, the the thing kind of moves to the next, like, window. So he actually ends up going outside to investigate, because he can't really tell what's going on with that light just shining right into the building. And he Mm -hmm. noticed a big humanoid shape with wings that also had a long beak and talons at the end of each wing. He also saw the horn, and, yeah, the strange light coming from the horn. So he shot at it. He shot at this creature three different times and it looked at him. So now it's blinding him with this light and it made a screeching noise and flew away. And that was it. So the next day that doctor, Dr. Alcott goes out to the front of the building because when he shot at it, it was dark. He went outside to see if there was any blood or proof that it was there. There was nothing there. There was no footprints. There was no blood. Nothing. So hmm. that same day, the day after. So this is two nights now that people have seen this creature in Van Meter, Iowa. The next, that same day, Mr. Dunn, who is an apprentice at the bank, he, um, people, people at this point, even though there was only these two people that saw the creature, it's a small town and it's 1903. There's already like people worrying that somebody or something is trying to get into the bank, trying to get into their businesses and trying to steal. So Mr. Dunn, the apprentice at the bank, was actually sleeping 
on a cot in the bank just to make sure that nobody was actually trying to come in, you know? And around one in the morning, he heard a noise. So he got up, grabbed his shotgun, went to the other side of the room. There wasn't anything there. But he gets closer to the window and he starts to see the outline of some sort of humanoid creature, but it's extremely taller than he is. And he saw that the creature turned its head and it, a bright light came into the bank. Mr. Dunn kind of backed off a little bit so that the light wasn't shining on him. And when he did that, he could see like the profile of this creature. And what he saw was the giant beak and the horn and the light. But the creature was like, looking back and forth in the window, like scanning the area. So Mr. Dunn kind of went a little bit forward. And he actually, he's in his words, he saw the face of the creature. And his quote is, it had a pointed snout full of sharp teeth and a pair of soulless dead eyes. He then, (laughs) soulless dead eyes eyes i want to know exactly how close he was i'm kind of picturing in my head like this creature looking through a window scanning the the bank or the building that he's looking into and then like this guy mr dunn like his back is to the wall and he's like kind of next to the window but the creature can't see it so he has like a perfect view of it you know yeah but um so as soon as he got that that you know looking into those soulless dead eyes he took a shot at the creature and it actually is shot through the the window. So it shattered the window. And the creature just flew up and flew, like, just went away. It flew away. So they still it didn't have anything. It doesn't sound like it's, like, malicious or anything. No, not at it's- all. But if you keep seeing this thing in your, in your little town, people are going to freak out. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm not saying, like, I wouldn't right. probably, like, shit my pants. But mm-hmm. it doesn't sound it- like it's, like... No, you're right. Killing people. No, yeah. it's not attacking people. People are shooting at it, and it's going away. So, so that was day three of seeing the creature. The next day, so now we are on day four. This is after Mr. Dunn shot the window to get to the creature. That next morning, the cops go over to that window, and they do see some, uh, quote, abnormally large in size with three toes sticking out from the end of each imprint, unquote. However, for whatever reason, they were unable to get a cast of those footprints. There was like some some sources said that they tried and they just couldn't get a good cast. But I'm sure back in 1903, they might not have had the best material to make a casting of a footprint. So they did try. But that's good. At least they attempted. They attempted. They were like, dude, it's here. (laughs) Like a big, large three toed footprint. (laughs) That same night. The same night, a hardware store owner, his name is O.V. White, um, he was asleep in his store. Like, he had, like, a little loft above his store. And he started hearing a noise in the middle of the night. Panicked, grabbed his gun, went outside, and he saw something on the telephone line in front of his business. As he got closer to this thing that was on the telephone pole, he saw it open its wings And that's where he all of a sudden got a huge, gross, horrendous smell emanating from the creature on the telephone lines. That is the only time that I actually saw that there was a smell coming from it. But he kept saying, like, 
the smell was so horrible that he actually started to gag before the thing actually finally flew away. And as he was, like, gagging in the middle of the street, a neighbor had actually looked out the window to be like, what's going on? And he saw the creature fly away. So we had two people wow. witness it that night at the same time. That's cool. But I wonder what it smells like. Like that's, it has to be really bad to make somebody gag. Yeah. They said that it was just a horrible, horrendous smell. <laughs> so <laughs> the day after that, so that was like what the fourth night that, People saw something. The next day, the locals finally got together. And they're talking and they're like, what is going on? And this guy, Mr. Platt, comes forward and he says, he's an owner of uh, the mine that's in town. I believe it was a copper mine. So he's the owner of this copper mine. And he came forward and said that some of his workers had stories that they would hear strange noises coming from the abandoned mine shafts but he just kind of wrote it off as nonsense and nobody ever like went into those mine shafts to investigate they just kept hearing things and Mr. Platt just wrote it off so that day everybody in that little town meeting goes to the mine and these guys are armed they were ready they go to the mine and they saw not one two creatures outside of the mine. So the creatures flew away as soon as they saw these people coming back. And since it was gone, those people stayed there at the mine and more people were actually coming at that point because now, you know, word is going around town. No, there's two creatures and we finally know where they're at. They're at this mine. So they decided to wait there. Um, I think it was just a few hours and it like, it wasn't even nighttime. This was during the day. They waited there a few hours in front of the mine and the creatures came back. And as soon as they came back, everybody, and I mean, everybody just started shooting at it. And there was no evidence that they even hit or wounded either of the creatures, but they did go back into the mine. So what everybody did is they got a bunch of dynamite put it at the entrance of the mine, and blew up the entrance. And yeah, that's how... Oh, that makes me sad. And so that was pretty much the end of the Van Meter visitor. That's why I was like, I don't even think of it as a monster. It wasn't doing anything monstrous. (laughs) Yeah. So that actually makes me sad. Like That's the Van Meter monster. Nobody has seen anything really after that. I do have a couple, just a couple sightings since then. But, I mean, that was really it. And the pictures that they have of this thing really looks like a pterodactyl to me. <laughs> like, even more than the Thunderbird did. Like, the the beak and the horn sounds like a pterodactyl, right? I was going to say, yeah, when you're describing it, it reminds me of, like, a Thunderbird meets the Jersey Devil. Right, yeah. And a lot of people were also comparing it to, like, how people have seen the Dover Demon, how it was for this quick amount of time and then gone, but it never really did anything to harm anyone. So it's crazy. Very, very odd. So that all happened in the span of a week in 1903. So I'm going to get into just a couple of things from the recent years that I could find. So there was, I don't have to, um, I did find a book 
that is specifically about the um, Van Meter Visitor. So I'll have to link that in the notes for sure. But they had um, some good sightings that were way more recent than 1903. And it just said that in the 1980s, I couldn't find a specific date or names even after like going through the book and going on to Google. I couldn't find any specific name or date. But there is a report of a man who just moved to Van Meter in the 1980s. And he saw a five foot long bat like creature fly over him. And that was it. He just saw something fly over him when he first moved there. In the early 2000s, still no specific date or names of witnesses. There was a family driving home to Van Meter. And they saw a giant bird-like creature dead on the side of the road. The dad in that family kept driving, but they all noticed it. So the dad drops off his family, turns around to go investigate because he can't get it out of his mind. But by the time he got there, the creature was gone. In 2006, a local pastor waiting for a friend in Colfax, Iowa, which is pretty close to Van Meter, saw what he thought was a dragon just flying over his church, right? So he gets home and Googles Iowa dragon. And he found, you know, like drawings and reports of the Van Meter monster. And he says that's exactly what he saw. So that was in 2006. In 2014, a couple camping in Iowa City reported seeing a giant bird. That's all I could find. Just saw a giant bird. And then okay. in, <laughs> in 2020, in Boone, Iowa, someone also reported seeing a giant bird. So all of those towns are near Van Meter. There's not anything saying that they're all related to the Van Meter visitor. Uh, but there's more sightings up there of giant birds in that area. So who's to say it's not some sort of of the same creature or something completely different? But um, there's yeah. a Van Meter visitor festival that does go on in September of this year. So if anyone's in Iowa, go to the Van Meter visitor <laughs> festival. Tell us how it is. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love that all of these cryptids we cover have like events, right? Like, festivals or celebrations. Uh-huh. And like something that I kept seeing when I was doing research, and I found a couple of like real articles of people who have been in the town forever who have had like grandparents there since the early 1900s. And all of them very much embrace this story of the Van Meter visitor. There's really not a lot of people saying, oh, it was a hoax. Oh, it was so long ago. Who knows what they saw? Pretty much everyone in the town is accepting that this happened and they celebrate it. So, yeah, I mean, cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's Honestly, the Van Meter visitor. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the guy who was bringing his family back home or whatever. Mm-hmm. How could you not pull over right away? I don't know. I would have to pull over right away with kids or no kids. Like, I'd be like, did you guys see that? And everyone's like, yeah, what the hell is that? Like, so. Instantly. Instantly, I would have pulled over. (laughs) I'd be taking pictures. I mean, that was what? Mm -hmm. When was that? In In 2000. That one was in the year 2000 or early 2000s. He could have had a phone or at least a digital camera on him. Like, come on, take a picture. But. But yeah, that's uh Yeah, I would I would have to like mm-hmm. pull over and investigate. Yeah. 
I definitely think it's some sort of creature related to the Thunderbird or Mothman or something. Um, yeah, one I of agree. the there was a podcast that I was able to listen to that did an episode on it. And oh, here it is. Um, oh, and the book. I finally found it. Haha. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> there's a podcast called Mysteries and Monsters and episode 121. It is about the Van Meter monster with this guy named Chad Lewis. And he's the one who wrote the book, The Van Meter Visitor, A True and Mysterious Encounter with the Unknown. And I think we've talked about that. Um show before on i think we have because they it was a really good episode but something that chad the the author mentioned what i thought was interesting was when he was interviewing people something that that he noticed is that some people had like some sort of weird memory loss like when he was reading the newspapers from the 1900s, like there seemed to be something missing. And he's like, and they kept seeing that bright light on the creature. He's kind of thinking it might be an alien abduction scenario. So, and I was like, that would be interesting. I mean, the fact that they went to the, the mine and saw the two creatures doesn't exactly debunk that. So, it could definitely be some sort of alien abduction or he thought maybe and we've talked about it before it could just be um like like a window to another dimension or a paranormal hot spot where you can come in and out of different um like yeah. different worlds and timelines and par- parallel universes that's the word i'm trying to get to is th- it might be related to something like that so yeah, I, mean, I feel like Iowa's just like such a random state, though. To I have, agree, like... but I mean, why not? Why can't it be some why sort not? of weird alien thing? But I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was very interesting, and especially because it kind of reminded me how I talked about. Um, oh man, I'm totally drawing a blank on my other cryptids, but we've talked about other cryptids where it's like it was only seen for this period of time, and then mm-hmm. sightings went away. So. Why, yeah. I mean, I think it's an interesting theory that it could be from a parallel universe and just popping I in and I out. like that. Yeah. I always gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. I feel like any theories we come up with, I'm always like, it's a parallel universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but yeah, he also looked into, you know, how we talked about the Mothman and how a lot of people were seeing, like, disasters happening around the sightings of Mothman. So Chad went into that, too, and... He couldn't find any correlation with any sort of natural or unnatural disaster that happened when the Van Meter visitor came out. So that was debunked. But huh. I, I liked that he mentioned that because that's something we mentioned in our show. So Yeah. But yeah, so another giant bird. Yay. <laughs> what do you got for me today, girl? I don't even know if you could, like, classify this as a cryptid, this person. But I feel like... I'm going to just talk about it anyways cuz yeah, it's so let's interesting. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to be t- I'm just going to give the background. I don't have any sightings or anything like that. I just want to talk about the background and kind of get your thoughts and All right. So, go who from there. will we be discussing? I'm going to talk about La Llorona. All right. So, I know so. nothing about La Llorona. I know there's a book. <laughs> okay. I know it has something to do with children or I know it's a movie and has yeah. something to do with children. But that's really all I know. Uh-huh. And I <laughs> 
So I'm going to tell you to pause and go like listen to V's podcast because mm. in one of her episodes, she actually talks about a personal encounter with La Llorona. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. V. Listen. Yeah. To V. I'll send you the episode when we finish. But okay. <laughs> um, basically, I believe it's like a Mexican background. Um, sometimes in the States. I mean, V lives in Arizona and that's where she saw it. So I think, honestly, I feel like she could be anywhere. Okay. But the background of it, so this is like the most common version of the story that I found. There's obviously like every story has freaking five different origin stories. Mm-hmm. This is the most common one that I found mm-hmm. as I was doing my research. So um, basically there was this beautiful woman. Her name was Maria and she was known to be like the most beautiful woman in whatever area she's at right (laughs) and she meets this guy and he's like a wealthier man and she ends up marrying him and they have two children together i believe two boys um and one day maria actually sees her husband having an affair with another woman and she gets super super pissed off for good reason but she ends up drowning her children in the river nearby and she immediately regrets it and immediately feels bad but you know she goes to try to save them and she's not able to and she just becomes consumed by guilt and she ends up taking her own life in the river and it said like she's unable to enter the afterlife so she's basically like stuck in this purgatory and she's like roaming around trying to find her children Oh. Um, and then she's so she's considered a woman in white. Oh, okay. We're so familiar with like that story, right? Yeah. She's considered to be like the woman in white or the weeping woman, people call her. I've heard that before. Yeah. In another version of the story, her children are like illegitimate and she drowns them so that the father can't take them away to be raised by his new wife. But I feel like the first version makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. and that was like more common uh, but in every variation of the story it's always you know there's always water involved a white dress and wailing hmm. so she's like screaming and crying for her children right mm-hmm. um, so that's like the most common sightings that there are is people will see her by water or you know usually I mean I think it's always involved with water mm-hmm. um, you've seen Supernatural right yeah do you remember the pilot episode? No. <laughs> it's it's like the woman in white. Okay. But yeah, spoiler alert, it's been on forever. So <laughs> if anybody gets offended right now, that's on you. Right. Um, I, be- I feel like it's based off of her because in that episode, she like drowns her children. But she like goes after men in particular who like are being unfaithful. Okay. Or something like that. Um, but I think in this story, it's, she's mostly focused on children. So La Llorona wants to take the children. Oh. Yeah. And then in it's typically told throughout Mexico, Central America, and the northern part of South America. Um, her story is so creepy to me. <laughs> like, just thinking, like... <laughs> Some children are going to be taken, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, in the southwestern United States, the story of La Llorona is told to scare children into good behavior, sometimes specifically to deter children from playing near dangerous water. Right. I feel like that's very like Krampus. I to was me. gonna say it's like <laughs> yeah, when or whenever you hear stories of like um sea monsters or lake monsters, mm-hmm. it's to keep the kids away from going in there, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah, in Mexico, her stories told the children to encourage them not to wander off in the dark. In Venezuela, La Llorona is said to be the spirit of a woman that died of sorrow after her children were killed either by herself or by her family. So there's, you know, mm-hmm. matching stories there. Yeah. And um, in Venezuela, families will traditionally place wooden crosses above their doors to ward off the spirits. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, it's often said that one way to summon La Llorona, which side note, I don't know why anybody would ever want to do that. Like, let's not, (laughs) let's not fucking summon anything, okay? No. Um, (laughs) the light red candles and expose, um, sorry, enclose themselves in a room full of mirrors while repeating her name, which is like Bloody Mary to me. Yeah, I feel like. Let's no, that's definitely that. <laughs> sort of like a Bloody Mary thing with the one candle and looking into the mirror. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that gave me chills. Then- I wish you could see. <laughs> I got chills. <laughs> they multiply. <you. laughs> it's so creepy, though. And any way you look at the story, I feel like it's super creepy. But again, um, people often see her around lakes and rivers, mm-hmm. welling, um, I'm not even going to attempt to say the Spanish, but it's Oh My Children in Spanish. Okay, okay. So I'm not even going to go there <laughs> with that. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's super freaking creepy. And oh, it's also said like she doesn't have a face. So like oh. when you do see her, it's like a woman in white with long black hair that's like drenched in water, dripping wet with no fucking face. Which we talked about that before with... um, I think that was in the Japanese episode, I was going to say that was one of the Japanese ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Where she has no face and she's like crying and then people go to see if she's okay and she looks up and they freak out because she has no face. (laughs) Yep. I think that was episode two in our Urban Legends episode. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 What is with that? We keep coming... Yeah, we keep coming full circle on this podcast. <laughs> it just shows you that, like, everything, yeah. exactly, everything's connected, and it just shows you, like, you That's can find so trippy. So, similar stories in every single culture. So, with the sightings that you've come across, is it usually, like, she's not, like, attacking anybody? It really is just her at the river, yeah, no. or at the lake, just mm-hmm. crying? Crying for her children, and, mm-hmm. like, you can hear in the night... You can sometimes hear wailing for the children or, mm-hmm. like, calling. It almost seems like a siren to me because she's, like, calling to people. Thank you. Yeah, but that's true. Almost like a banshee. In the movie, I think she, like, drowns. I don't know. I, I haven't watched the movie, but <laughs> I think she, like, lures you into the your death, basically. Yeah. So I don't know what happens when I was going to say that's what do. I thought was going on, too, in the movie was, like, she's like having these kids like drawn to her and then like she kills them i don't know i haven't seen the movie either but yeah. did you find any <laughs> stories watch that did you find any stories that would correlate with that about like children maybe saying no i saw the woman crying at the river and went to go see you know what was going on like you find anything no like everybody that? 
seems like they're pretty much noping the fuck out of there okay. and not going near her. Smart, because, smart people. <laughs> uh, I think it's just been passed down, you know, mm-hmm. so many different versions of the story mm-hmm. that people know better. I didn't yeah. find any. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't live to tell the tale. I was going to say, like, is there any, like, correlation with men disappearing after cheating on their wives or something? No, I have none of that. <laughs> that was, I don't know if that is La Llorona or if that was just in that Supernatural episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, like, nothing I read gave me any type of inclination that that right. was part of La Llorona. It but could have been their, like, little... I don't know, their little interpretation yeah. of it <laughs> yep yeah, yeah or different you know because there there's women in white mm-hmm. in like every state i feel like every state so. has their own version of yeah. that so yeah. i think that was just one version compiled into like oh you know we really liked the story of the gotcha. children type yeah mm-hmm. still that's Any- all i have but i feel like yeah she's creepy oh yeah Definitely creepy. I'm not trying to mess with nobody who's I, If anybody's at the river in crying in a, in a white dress, I don't think I should be, you know, hitting them up yeah. or seeing if they're okay anytime soon. <laughs> it's yeah. nice to be a good Samaritan and, you know, see if people need help. But mm-hmm. you kind of are going to set yourself up for failure if you happen to be in a white dress. <laughs> I agree. If you're crying at a river in a white dress, I'm I'm not coming near you. I'm sorry. Like I hope you're I okay. Know, <laughs> right. I want to know like why all the women in white. Like did they all just happen to be wearing a white dress or I think a lot of like, it also has to do with the fact that the color white will also go back to purity or even like the virgin mary is always seen in white or saints or like angels baptisms when they're christened or whatever exactly i think it goes back to that it's you know i i i'm not really good with the whole saying that white is good and that's you know what it is because considering women aren't in white are usually scary as hell but i think it kind of (laughs) gives you the perception that oh, they're a nice person, they're in a wedding dress, they can't be evil kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, if it's like the clothes they died in, I'd be like the woman in yoga pants. <laughs> like, that would be my ghost. I would probably, I would, if that happens, then I would always be in my work clothes and I would be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> the woman in the Gallagher's polo. I know, like the woman in the gray polo. Awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> Literally, I'm in yoga pants and like moccasins. <laughs> At least we would be comfortable. <laughs> accurate. Yes, accurate. <laughs> or it'd be my, like, weird mythic merch or something. Right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I want to know if anybody has come across any stories of La Llorona or any other giant birds or something about the Van Meter visitor. Anybody in Iowa? Mm-hmm. I really want to know if you go to that festival. Let us know how it is. I want to I know. <laughs> Right. Well, you guys can send us your stories about those at weirdmythicpodcast.gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We also have a Twitter. It's at weirdmythic. You can come talk to us. Yeah. Um, Instagram or weirdmythicpodcast. And we really need ratings, you guys. Like, yes. super bad. Yes. Go anywhere you get your podcast fix. Rate, download, leave a comment, anything. I, we're on 
listen so to many the whole different, episode. <laughs> the whole episode. We're on so many <laughs> different platforms, guys. Like, I mean, I know some people are like, where do you listen to your podcast? And I only listen to it on one site. But other people, they don't. So, I mean, we got Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, even Amazon Music. Um, Everything. Podchaser, yeah, please. find it. Go. If you fully can't find it, send us an email. I will, like, send you every link I can. Mm -hmm. We will help you out. We want you to listen. That is (laughs) weirdmythicpodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Yay. All right. Well, this is fun. We will talk to you guys next week. Yeah, we're going to do some more cryptids coming up. So if you guys got any suggestions, don't hesitate to send those our way. Mm -hmm.